0: Hello and welcome to the Celtics ge- to the Red Sox Generations podcast. My name is Robert Bufard.
1: And I'm Mark Bufard, Robert's dad.
0: And this is a Red Sox podcast for casual diehard fans. And the reason I said Celtics instead of Red Sox is because we're recording this as the Celtics are playing a playoff game against the Miami Heat. And I'm much more invested in them than I ever was in the Red Sox this season. Um, so I just, you know, Freudian slip. Well,
1: um, I'm not nearly as invested in the Celtics as you are. I will always be a Celtics fan, and I like the guys on this team, but NBA basketball and I don't get along all that well these days, so I certainly hope the Celtics win, but um, I'm not watching it while we're podcasting like you are.
0: And that's totally understandable. I just have to add one more thing is that I'm wearing my lucky Celtics shirt It's the only shirt I've worn this series where they've won, so I'm hoping it works again tonight.
1: Well, there's going to be a Game 7 for sure Then I don't even have to watch.
0: Perfect. So let's move on to the actual topic of this podcast, which is the Boston Red Sox, the baseball team in the area. Uh, The season ended today, and the Red Sox officially have the fourth-worst record in all of baseball. And if things shake out the way the experts expect it to, They will have the number four pick in the MLB draft.
1: So this means the Red Sox have been a disappointment in every sense of the word. Not only were they terrible this year, but they weren't terrible enough to get the number one pick, which they were in position for at some point. And some prominent Red Sox media were obviously jokingly pulling for the Red Sox to lose every game down the stretch so they could get at least the number two pick, if not the number one pick. And it was kind of fun to follow these guys on Twitter as they sarcastically said, Red Sox, why are you winning? Um, Why now after all of this? But, um, you know, the fourth pick, like we talked about last time, I'm not sure how important it is to pick that high in the draft. Um, But for me, um, there were some encouraging signs here toward the end of the season which uh, number one i didn't expect the season to be completed when teams were falling prey to COVID at the beginning of it all so um, i have to admit i was uh, wrong in my pessimism about that and number two the completely um, horrible start that they had Um, even after the trades they they did show some signs of life in some ways that give you something to build on for next year
0: yeah you have here that in their final 10 games red sox starters posted a 208 era which no one would have expected after you know first two months when did the season start in july how long did it go like two or three months
1: two months basically it started the end of july yeah
0: yeah so after the first half of the season no one would have expected that good of a run for them
1: and they actually, if you look at this rotation that they established toward the end here, Ivaldi, Perez, Madza, Hauk, and Pavetta, um, they, the, in those last 10 games using that rotation, Perez was the only one who had a stinker, gave up six runs in four innings. Um, but the rest of that uh, rotation never gave up more than two runs in any start. And the starts only went five, six innings. A couple went only four innings. But still, um, those are some positive things. If you look at Evaldi, he didn't get hurt. Well, he was on the injured list for a little while, but nothing major. Um, And he was solid all year, which is good. Martin Perez is a pleasant surprise that you think could be solid again next year. Um, Tanner Houck has been tremendous. 10 Ks in his final start. Um, And uh, there's every reason to believe that he's for real. Um, Not that he's going to go into next year being a number one starter, but that he should be a a solid member of the rotation. Uh, Mazza, I really don't know enough to to say anything about him. But assuming um, Sale comes back halfway through the year and Eduardo um rodriguez they said he has been cleared to start walking <laughs> which is kind of scary but yeah. they're saying that they're cautiously optimistic that he can have a normal off-season routine and actually plan on pitching last year when that was in doubt um back toward the beginning of the season after he had the COVID and the heart issues so really um there is some reason for optimism with this rotation and assuming with uh cap space available i guess it's not really cap space but um money under the luxury tax tax that they they could go out and maybe get another solid starter they definitely have to do a ton of work in the bullpen um matt barnes is not a closer uh they got to get a closer for sure and really a setup guy at least um but but, but it it had a better feel here toward the end, I think, from a pitching perspective, which was just so atrocious when the rotation going into any series was um Evaldi and three to be determines you know? yeah,
0: um and going into next season, there is not too deep of a starting pitching class free agent wise. I think they have to go after Trevor Bauer because he's the best starting pitcher available and even with all of the potential positives you just listed sale and Rodriguez are big question marks and you can't rely on Ivaldi and Perez um, because they're just middle of rotation guys. So you need a top of the rotation guy. So I think they need to go after Bauer. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised at all to see them get him uh, come the off season and to have him in spring training. If that's what the season ends up being and, um, And there was just one more thing I wanted to mention in relation to the Red Sox overall record this year. They went 24-36, and which is their fourth last place finish in nine years. Obviously, there's two World Series in there. uh, And their winning percentage of 400 was their worst since 1965. That was a tweet from Alex Spear, and I don't think it's 100% fair to say they had their worst winning percentage in fifty or sixty years, whatever it is, obviously it's bad, and they had a bad season. But they were starting to hit their stride in a way. If it was a full one hundred sixty-two game season, I wouldn't have been surprised to see you know anywhere between seventy-five and eighty games uh, as their total winning uh, win total at the end of the year. But I don't think they would have finished out you know the year at at, at a four hundred winning percentage and this year is just full of asterisks Um, and that's just one of the biggest ones that i noticed
1: yeah i agree i mean you can't give them a pass for being bad because every team again had the short season the same obstacles to overcome but you can say that this season doesn't compare in any way to full seasons um and because of the nature of a baseball season a 400 winning percentage in a season like this Yeah, you can't really hold that against them in the sense of historical comparison. You can say they should have been better this season, but it doesn't really compare.
0: Right. I'm not trying to give them a pass. I'm not saying like, I'm not doing the J.D. Martinez excuse from a couple days ago. Right. But over 162 games, 400 winning percentage equals about 65 wins. And I think this team is better than losing 98 or 97 games in a season. That, that's all right, I was trying to probably, make the point of.
1: They probably could have been a 500 team if the season had played out.
0: Or, or at least close to it, yeah. Yeah. Um, so with the end of the season and this bad record, uh, fair or not in comparison to others, they still let go of Ron Reneke, Uh And they announced it either before or during today's game, which I don't understand at all. Like the team announced it officially. It's not like a reporter leaked it.
1: Yeah, he was scheduled for a press conference at one o'clock. And apparently, at about quarter after one, they announced that he wasn't uh, returning. Um, and I don't, in a way, if there were fans in the ballpark, you could see them doing it because the fans get to show appreciation, yeah. giving a standing ovation or something like that. Um, again, you could say, why would they do that? He presided over this terrible season, but um, what a you know, with the hand that he was dealt, it's hard to see where he could have done a whole lot better. Exactly. Um, so yeah, it, it doesn't really make sense that they did it the way they did it. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know it. As far as his performance this season. Again, with the hand he was dealt, I don't know that he could have done much better. On the other hand, he didn't do that much to sort of assert himself as this is who we want going forward either.
0: Right. I don't have a problem at all with them letting him go because it seemed like all along he was just a stopgap for Bloom's first year in this odd season. It's just they have the team has a tendency to just kick guys on the way out for whatever reason, even if they don't deserve it. You know, um, like we've talked about it before, and we don't have to get into it, but they did it with Mookie and Lester and Theo. There's just no reason to put him through that. with just one more game left. Um, and I don't... Was he officially fired, or he just wasn't brought back? Because he was still the interim manager, right?
1: No, a- after the um, the final word came down from MLB regarding the consequences for the Red Sox supposed cheating and that was all settled and it was demonstrated that he was not a part of whatever happened in 2018. They removed the interim label. So, um, So they were calling him their manager for this season. And you had the sense if they caught lightning in a bottle with him and he did well, that maybe they would have held on to him. You know, how can you fire a guy if he had led them to a playoff spot mm-hmm. or better? But um, you didn't also have the sense that, that this was like really their guy for the future. He was somebody who was familiar to the players. Given the craziness of this whole season, you might as well have a little stability in in promoting him. But I don't think anybody ever had the sense that he was really their vision guy going forward.
0: Right. I'm not sure he himself even expected to be back next year. Um, I think he probably knew his role and yeah, his his role going forward was just kind of the stopgap. Yeah, pretty much echoing everything that you said, just adding he probably knew what this season was going to be for him.
1: And I wonder if they even talked to him and said, you know, you're not coming back. Would you like us to announce this today, or do you want us to wait until the season is over? Maybe he just was comfortable with getting it over with today yeah. and being done with it. You Could know, it's, it's hard to say. But um, either way, uh, he's done, and so now they need a new manager. Yeah. Again.
0: Yes. Before we get into that, I wanted to add one more thing about him, which was Bogarts, who has been uh, even when Mookie was still here. But especially since Mookie left, he's been like the main leader in the clubhouse overall. Like they've gone to JBJ for comments on race racial stuff. But for baseball and typical everyday baseball team stuff, Bogard's become easily the main leader in the clubhouse, and he was he was talking about after the game how how much he appreciated what Renicky did this year. He thinks he was a good manager. he like he helped develop guys and all that. So it was good to see from the leader. Of the team, just this, still this, you know, positive, positive talk. That's all I wanted to add about that.
1: Yeah, and I, and I think Renicki was a good soldier. Mm-hmm. You know, I hope. Uh, I don't know if they can keep him in the organization or something like that, because uh, um, he he did have to navigate losing Mookie, uh, losing all this pitching, the whole you know emergence of uh, the racial. Um, movements and um, you know backing up JBJ and and agreeing to you know sit out a game and uh, he seemed to handle all of that uh, really well. Um, you never heard him complaining, calling out players. Um, he just did the best with the hand he was dealt. So he is a good guy, but I don't think he was the guy going forward either. And I don't think this is a bad move.
0: Um, I had something, but I lost it. I, yeah, I agree. Um, and not with that, we can move on to who they might be looking for with a new manager. There's plenty of names, and the only one I recognize like, that I have any sort of investment in is they... I saw Veritek's name come up a couple times already, and I suppose I wouldn't be opposed to that. But all I know is that I do not want Alex Cora back. Because as much as I love and appreciate him for everything that he did, and I understand that especially Devers really loves him and really connects with him as a leader, I, I just don't want the connection to cheating in any way. Whether it's with the Red Sox in 18, which uh, technically he was not punished for, but he was certainly punished for a year for the Astros scandal. And I just don't want anything connected to that Astros team.
1: Yeah, you know that there's that for sure. Um and um it it would be hard to stomach him coming back knowing how important a role he played in that sex yeah, exactly. scandal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing though is I, I don't think you can come back. You, you know, everybody would be expecting him to come back and reproduce 2018 like a magician. And you have to admit, as likable as he was in 2018, he made some strange moves that all seemed to pay off. You know, everything just broke his way. 2019 was a different story. He wasn't terrible in 2019, but he didn't seem to have that same magic that was there in 2018. And it would be such a different environment, such a different club. Um, He would still have the Astro stuff hanging over his head and the pressure to reproduce 2018 immediately. Um, So you've got the cheating reason for him to not come back. But for me, even if that wasn't there, I don't think I would want him back, honestly. Um, I think you have to start fresh.
0: Yeah, you want to say that you can just block out the noise from the outside, but people would be like, the Red Sox are bringing back their cheating manager, typical, you know, there's no need for that. Hire Veritech. Hire the Rays bench coach who, uh, who Heim Bloom knows. Just someone. Again, I love Cora and I love what he did in '18, but I just don't think it, it's the right move. Even though the majority of Red Sox fans do seem like they want him back.
1: A lot of the media seems to want him back, from what I see, um, and it's different than saying, oh, you know. Brock Holt got released, let's sign him yeah. back. John Lester's you know, going to be a free agent, let's sign him back. Uh, those are, I hate to say it this way, but kind of bit pieces. You know, this is different. Sentimentality doesn't work with a manager. It's too important a role, and uh, I'm opposed to it, too. I really hope they don't even go there. I wonder if he'd even be willing to come back. I, I mean, I imagine he loves the game, and Boston would be the safest place to come back to in a way, but... Um, it, it, it
0: who knows yeah i yeah i don't know if he wants to and i know heim bloom has already said that he's not interested in exploring that avenue either um he he said that in the past and today he wouldn't commit to anything so i i just don't think that's the route that they're looking um, and i remember what i was going to say earlier by the way which is that uh retaining Re- renicky in any fashion i just don't think that would work because remember when they first hired Dombrowski they offered Charrington to stay on in like a, an advisory role that's kind of just an insult you know it's like we're, we're we're replacing you but you can stay on in this lesser role um I know it's not quite the same with Renneke but yeah I I think even I mean even if he was going to be a bench coach or something I I would think whoever the new manager is would want to bring in their new bench their own bench coach unless it's Cora maybe he could name Renicky again
1: <laughs> no i don't yeah i don't think it, it would work for him to stay with the organization in an on field position that you can't sort of step back that's too difficult but in scouting or something like that a lot of times a guy his age at this stage of his life and career who loses their position as manager they find a way to give him security going forward by putting him in scouting or player development oftentimes you know who's gonna is Renike going to be in demand as a manager anywhere yeah, else he's not like not Jim Leland
0: or Mike Sosha or something yeah, like that
1: right so it's just a way to say hey you know thank yeah. you for biting the bullet taking a bullet for us this season uh we still respect you we want to take care of you now I haven't heard if they're going to do that or not yeah it's just but that's what that's more of what I had in mind than sort of you know, keeping him in an on-field position, no, that, that definitely would
0: Okay. Um, unless you have anything else to say about managers, do you want to move on to JBJ one more time?
1: Yeah, just thinking about, you know, uh, managers a little bit more, um, Veritech scares me just because of his lack of experience. Um, catchers, I think tend to make good managers in general. You look at Joe Girardi, um, Oh, geez, the Angels manager all those years whose name just escaped me. Mike uh, Sosha? Uh, Mike Sosha, yeah. Thank <laughs> you. Um, former catchers. David um, Ross
0: with the Cubs this year.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, because catchers in many ways do manage a game on the field. Um, but, uh, I, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm glad he's stayed around the club. I would like to see him in a coaching position before stepping into a. I I mean, uh, you know, he coaches in spring training and stuff yeah. like that. Um, but he's obviously he was a captain. He was loved, respected. Um, he's a no-nonsense guy, but he was also a player. So he understands players. So that could be a good possibility, I guess. Uh, it just scares me that he doesn't have um, the experience. In terms of Bloom bringing in somebody that he knows from the Tampa organization, I wouldn't have a problem with that at all. Um, And honestly, um, I wouldn't mind them bringing in someone um, who is uh, Latin um, or another minority uh, because I think when you have that opportunity... Um, If there are qualified people, I think you need to be proactive as a sport, uh, as an organization, in promoting people who, for too many years, have just been unfairly overlooked. Um, So I would love to see them go in that direction, too. But you couldn't criticize them for bringing in Jason Veritek, who's been the heart and soul of Boston for for you know, years and
0: years. Yeah, out of the names I was seeing thrown out other than Veritech, it seemed like they were minorities. Um, and as for Veritech, I wouldn't necessarily have a problem with a, an experienced manager coming in because I feel like a lot of players just a few years, a decade or less out of their playing career have become managers lately. So I don't think that Veritech would have too big of a problem just because of every reason, every positive reason you just listed.
1: Yeah, I mean, Aaron Boone, has been relatively successful he stepped in out of nowhere the broadcast booth right was working for espn i guess so um it's not it's not like it's impossible that's for sure
0: yeah but anyway let's move on to uh the outfield or jbj more specifically because it really seemed like he said goodbye this past week um he played his last game at fenway for the season maybe for his career in a red sox uniform um he arrived at the park early, he was talking to the media, his wife posted a long heartfelt thing on Instagram, and then today he hit a home run, a double, and a single. He was three for six, and he had one last JBJ catch. I, I don't want him to be gone, but it really seems like he's going to be. I just want the Red Sox to offer him a good contract, and I just don't think they will, and I think by all indications they're gonna go after george springer which again i want that even less than i want cora back because george springer <laughs> straight he's a lifetime astro if you offer him a big contract for being such a big part of the cheating scandal supposedly the only astro player who wasn't part of the scandal was altuve he didn't approve of it supposedly which i don't buy for a second. Um, <laughs> because if you really don't approve of it, then you say, guys, stop. Which he didn't do.
1: Especially if you're Altuve and you have the yeah, kind of yeah. weight that he carries. And exactly.
0: Work. But George Springer, he's always been one of the Astros' best players. And I don't... Here, to quote the Grinch song, I wouldn't touch him with a 39-and-a-half-foot pole.
1: <laughs> well, I... I haven't heard that stuff except from you about Springer. And, again, I agree. I don't know why they would be interested in him. Um, But JBJ, it seems to me that, again, now they've got money available. This is the kind of guy you bring back. I don't know what JBJ is looking for in terms of years. He's no Mookie Betts. We know that. He's not going to get a 10- or 12-year contract from anybody. Um, But... um, I think you make every effort to bring him back. They said earlier on that he was in their plans going forward. He said they never communicated that to him. He doesn't know what's going to happen. He's interested in seeing what free agency is like, but he's also open to coming back to Boston. So you just hope that somehow they work something out. But he certainly, as you just pointed out, he's prepared to move on if – if that what that's what happens, and uh, I, it's it's more than just a sentimental, to me, it's more than just a sentimental connection to um, a player who's won a couple World Series here. It's it's really calculated baseball wise. I don't see why his defensive yeah. skills would diminish in the next five years, and even if they diminish some, he's still going to be one of the best center fielders in baseball. And as uneven as his offense is, you know that he can carry the team here and there. He was, you know, <laughs> AL MVP in the ALCS a couple years ago. So it's not like signing him is going to break the bank and prevent you from going after pitching and everything like that. But I don't know what they're thinking is. I don't know. I heard that they have another guy in the system that Durant. they see taking his spot. Yeah. If that were the case, I might feel a little more comfortable. I don't know how close he is, but why just go out and get another guy like Springer if you can keep Jackie?
0: This year, Jackie's 30 years old and he made $11 million. Give him a four-year, $50 million contract. You know, what is... I think I'm getting preemptively upset about it for when they don't bring him (laughs) back and replace him with something awful like george springer those are the kinds of moves that immediately make me think like put immediately make me against Bloom, because the mookie trade i don't hold that against him at all i think you know ownership told him to do it and he brought back verdugo and downs and i think that that was a good deal for what he had to do um and the trades at the deadline were good or like they're the potential upside good but this offseason right. is really his first test. You know, they're under the luxury tax like you said, and let's see what you can do. You need to bring back Jackie Bradley. That's all I'm saying. Well, he's
1: he says he wants to, you know. I mean, he th- that statement they made after the trade deadline, you know, other GMs said, "Oh no, they were shopping him." Bloom said, "Oh no, he's he's in our plans for the future." So, uh, I don't think we can judge him yet, but what he does here will be a big reveal for sure
0: if anything i think bradley would go to atlanta because he's a georgia guy and jason mestrandonado from boston herald was saying that jbj fits like a glove in center field in atlanta because that's where they finished out the season here it's like a wide open space perfect for <laughs> he can run free it's like a it's like a dog <laughs> um
1: and he lives in florida yeah. you know so yeah um but he's he's got some very strong connections in boston right despite the fact that mookie left and
0: right bogarts was saying i'd love to have him back he's a great teammate a great player great person um the media loves him right
1: um of course i don't know where all the haters went all the ones who have been complaining about his offense and wanting to trade him for the last three years there's still some haters uh, but
0: i've seen a lot more lovers come out of the woodwork and it's been encouraging
1: absolutely absolutely yeah but as we see with Mookie that doesn't make any difference at all to the Red Sox front office they're yeah. going to do what's on their charts to do uh either way
0: yeah I was about to say they're not Bill Belichick you know heartless cut whoever you want for the team but they have one it's just the Mookie and JBJ and Holt is just feels a lot different than you know trading Nomar or trading Lester but Anyway, we're running low on time and we wanted to make some League Championship Series and World Series predictions real quick. And again, we're going to emphasize casual diehards. So we know the teams. We looked at records. We've casually been paying attention. But this is just a couple people saying, hey, maybe these teams will win. So my ALCS prediction is... Tampa Bay versus Oakland, and my NLCS prediction is San Diego versus Chicago. I have San Diego upsetting the Dodgers in the division series, um, and I'll get to my World Series after you give your leagues league championship series real quick.
1: Well, I might even be more casual than you. I'm going to go totally with my okay. heart and not my head here whatsoever. Um, I would like to see the Twins um, because they haven't won in so long and they're always sort of like inching closer and closer. Um, So I'd like to see the Twins um, against, believe it or not, a division rival, the Blue Jays. I wouldn't mind seeing Francona finally do it again. Um, But I think the Blue Jays would be kind of a cool story, you know, having to play their games in Buffalo And uh, squeaking in as the last seed Uh, I don't think they're going to beat Tampa Bay But um, that would be kind of cool uh, If they did But I'm really kind of pulling for the Twins I think it would be fun to see them uh, And here's a Just wanted to make a quick
0: Offhand comment that the Yankees are playing The Indians in the first round Uh, If there's not enough reason Just because they're the Yankees to root against them It's Terry Francona root for him And root against the Yankees
1: Right, I mean that's that doesn't even need to be said. Well, this is Red Sox podcast. We want them out as soon yeah, as possible. Yeah, I just wanted to explicitly but, yeah, say, so, no, I, get out of here, Yankees. Of course, of course. And at the hands of Francona would be even yeah. that much better. Um, on the National League side, I was unfortunately going to say the same thing. I, the Padres, I think they're kind of a great story. You know, they've had some hard luck over the years, and uh, the only thing about the Dodgers, I. You know, normally a team that gets to the World Series and loses a couple times in a row, it's hard to get back there and and finally win it. But they kind of have, a, it's a different season. They have a different kind of life yeah. with Mookie, and um, there's just a different feel to them this year. Um, but my heart is, is much more with uh, San Diego and everything that's going on uh, with them. Um, I just want to mention, it's kind of amazing that the Marlins are mm-hmm. there. They, right in the beginning of the season, of course, had several players test positive, had to miss several games. And, um, uh, you know, Jeter is just clearly a phenomenal owner to get his... (laughs) No, just kidding. You know, I don't mean that. Um, I was like, is he being serious? (laughs) No. No, no, absolutely not. I'm pulling for the Reds for the same reason I'm pulling for the Twins, another kind of a classic franchise that hasn't really been there in a long time. It'd be fun to see them get there. But um, I would have uh, San Diego um, versus the Twins in my World Series if, if, uh, if I could get what I wanted.
0: And who would you have as the victor since you named that?
1: Um, the Twins. Nice. I would stick with the American League, but I wouldn't be disappointed either way. Yeah. Um, and I know that's the last thing Major League Baseball wants is the Twins and Padres in the World Series, especially this year. But uh, it's a pure baseball approach.
0: Yeah, so I said I have the Rays and Oakland in the ALCS and Padres and Cubs. I'm going to—Oakland with Billy Bean, they seem like they get close but can never get over the hump, and I think it's going to continue. So my World Series is Rays versus Cubs with the Rays coming out on top. And then we get to make fun of them for saying you can only win a World Series when it's a shortened 60-game season um But but those are my predictions. The Rays winning at all is I don't think I don't want that to happen. But that's that's what my head is telling me. So with that, I, w- I want to say that we'll be back at some point throughout the off season. We're not going to be recording weekly anymore. Maybe we'll do a couple playoff updates. Certainly after the World Series, and then yeah, in the off season, breaking down some some moves and maybe some special episodes here and there with with a couple guests maybe. Uh, but until then. I guess we can't say go Red Sox, so until then, uh, lose Yankees.